0: My name is Vicente Luque, and you're listening to MMA Wreckage Radio.
1: guys, welcome back to MMA Wreckage Radio. That's right, I said MMA Wreckage Radio. This is episode 43, and I cannot wait to bring you guys this one. It is jam-packed. We have four great guests. To start it off, we got Nadia Cassim who's going to be stopping by before her fight this weekend at UFC 234. We also have—oh, sorry, 243. My mistake. We also have Jared Gooden. he's fighting next Thursday at islands fights we also have an opponent for next week's ufc tampa we got eric anders stopping by to join us and then two weeks from now manny bermudez fights in front of his hometown people in boston mass can't wait to talk to those guys about all that as always i got my main man Walid right here how you doing wally wall
2: what's up brother
1: doing pretty good we little a... Me and Wally are going to break down UFC on ESPN Plus 18. We're going to talk a little bit about Bellator 228. We are also going to be previewing this weekend's UFC 243, which is a headline by the interim champion, Israel Adesanya, taking on the champion, Robert Whitaker. Now, I say the interim champion first because that's the A-side, as you know. Yeah. Israel is the man. I honestly cannot. I've been waiting for this matchup. Like, everyone was talking about the matchups before this, you know, the great pay-per-views before this. But, like, this has really been the one where I'm like, I've had this one circled for a while. Like, I cannot wait. Finally, Israel Adesanya gets a shot to unify the middleweight title. And we'll get to see it on Saturday night. I cannot wait.
2: Listen, brother, like, this is the biggest card maybe in the history of Australia. No no doubt it's the greatest card in the history of that in Australia, but I don't know. People are, like, talking a lot about Adesanya, but do they forget who Robert Whitaker is?
1: Well, do you blame them for forgetting? It's been so long since Robert Whitaker has stepped in the octagon.
2: Just rewatch the two wars against Joel Romero.
1: That's exactly. all I have yes, to say. It's really hard to do what Robert Whitaker did to Joel Romero because not a lot of people have ever been able to do it. And Robert did it twice. He single handedly beat him each time. Now, a lot of people are going to be skeptical about the second victory, but in my eyes, I feel like he won both of them.
2: How many people in the welterweight division, uh, sorry, in the middleweight division, defeated both Romero and Jacare Souza?
1: Not a whole lot. Not a whole I think lot.
2: I think he's the only one. And those two, like when he beat them, like they were like the two most dangerous fighter in that division. Nobody wanted to fight them. One of them is a straight killer when it comes to jiu-jitsu. The other one is a straight killer when it comes to wrestling. Both of them have knockout power. Like, they both are... they, they are nightmares to everyone. And he... I would say he fucked them up both. Like, in the first fight, he... he, he I would not say fucked them up, like, because I thought Romero the, the the win in the second one. But, you know, he went to war. He's a soldier. I don't think Adesanya
1: have what it takes to go and beat Robert Whitaker. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You cannot sit here and say that you don't think that he's been able to get through a war. Look at the war he went through with Calvin Gastelum. Now, granted, we're talking about two completely different athletes here. Calvin Gastelum is not quite the fighter that Robert Whitaker is but you can't say that he's not ready for a war. You've seen how he turned it on that fifth round. Israel knew he had to come out there and make a decisive claim to that fifth round to make sure that he won that fight, and that's exactly what Israel went out and did.
2: Yeah, but I think that it will not even be a war. I think it will be a one-sided win for Whitaker. I really feel that. It's MMA, brother. It's not just striking and putting your hands Listen, behind your back and doing some... shit. We will get <coughs> into
1: all of that shit later, okay? Because we'll definitely get into your predictions and everything about this fight. What else on this card sticks out to you? Oh, so we have the Nadia Hasim fight. Ooh, super excited about Nadia, man. She's really, really been turning it on in training camp. I talked to her I, when we try to talk at least, you know, every two or three weeks. But, yeah, uh, yeah you just try to keep up on what's going on when her training camp and all her, you know, she recovered recovering from a, uh, I believe it was an arm injury, but that's all taken care of now. She feels like she's really built herself into a 125-pounder because originally she came into the UFC 115 pounds, um, she lost, or she, she missed weight once, so she decided to take that step to go to the 125-pound division. And now she's really feeling like she's filling out and she can make a dominant run in that division. Yeah, we have also Raging all against Dan Hooker. So many great fights, brother. Dude, Dan Hooker is someone to watch out for. Jorgen DeCastro too. I'm excited about that one. That one just got moved up to the uh, main card, right? Justin Toffa?
2: Yeah, I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely get into all that later. Uh Bellator 228, man, that was an awesome experience. Super excited to thank you to Bellator for uh, inviting MMA Wreckage Radio out there to take care of business for them. I'm a little name stash right here. Bam, you like that, huh? <laughs> Wally, Wall, we got to get you to an event in France, man. It's a completely different situation from you see it from the other side. And uh, it, it's a very cool experience, one that you definitely would enjoy.
2: Yeah, I'm waiting. Like, I think that maybe next year Bellator and USC will have some shows here in the, in France. So yeah, I mean, surely in Paris because it's a big city. So sure. yeah, I would go.
1: And yeah, then I, I would. and then I wrote a nice little article up about the McKees. Super excited about what they were able to do this week in a father-son duo competing for the very first time on a major North American card together. I mean, super excited to be able to be there to witness that. I mean, just an amazing show of passion that they have for just each other and then just a family, too, because you've seen their entire family in the front row. They were screaming and hollering. It was great. Uh, I even, you know, I was taking pictures and I even stopped and I took some pictures of the family as well just because I wanted to capture that moment.
2: Yeah, so, how was it How was it being part of, you know, the whole media, how, like, tell us how it feel to be, because, you know, first you are an MMA fan, then you are, you know.
1: Well, you have so, to, you really? have to separate yourself from being the fan, because you want to cheer, you want to be like, oh yeah, oh wait, I can't, you know what I mean? But I knew yeah. that going into it, you know what I mean? So, like, like, before time, it was like, all right, this is all business, I'm not here to, like, you know, play and I, you know, I, I took as many pictures as I can, I went and I did interviews, I did the press conference, I did as much as I can to get MMA Wreckage Radio out there and to get this face, sorry guys, in front of people.
2: <laughs> yeah, So, and how is the relationship between, you know, People from the media, from the MMA media. It
1: was good. I talked to James Lynch for a little bit. Uh, He was a very nice guy. I sat next to this lady. She was a photographer for Sports Illustrated and uh, Gracie Magazine. I cannot remember her name right now for the life of me. I am sorry. But she was awesome. She even let me borrow her camera lens to uh, take some photos. And, I mean, she was just really cool. She shot me, like, little tips and tricks on what to do with the cameras. And so it was just really cool. Everyone was really helpful and informative. And there was even even some people were just, like, from uh, newspapers. And they – didn't know MMA that well and they didn't know, they didn't understand the whole concept of what was going on with the tournament. So, I mean even I, I helped a couple people out like, here you know, this is what's going on, you know, this is how this is working out. This is why they don't know who they're fighting next. So it, w- it was definitely a very cool experience to be there, man. Can't wait for the next one. It's kind of like getting a tattoo. You get one you just want to keep going and going and going.
2: <laughs> Amazing, brother.
1: But definitely guys we are going to cut it to a quick station identification And it's going to be a great MMA fighter talking to you about MMA Wreckage Radio because that's how we do it. (laughs) All right, brother. We'll see you guys back here on the flip side. This
0: is Alexander the Great Hernandez. You're listening to MMA Wreckage Radio.
1: All right. Well, at this time, guys, joining me once again is Miss 187 Nadia Cassim as she prepares for her UFC 243 fight with Ja Young Kim. How excited are you for this opportunity to be facing off with a pretty good opponent here in Melbourne?
3: I'm pretty pumped. I mean, um, I'm glad I get to do it again here in my hometown. I mean, in Australia at least. So, I mean, we're back in Melbourne, so um, this time come back with a vengeance and I hope she's gonna be one of the victims (laughs) on the weekend.
1: You talked about doing it again in your hometown. When are we gonna get you away from Australia?
3: I uh, know, right? I'm keen as to go into uh, international, but I've got to get a win under of my belt, uh, I guess, for them to you know chuck me out in the States, some exposure. Um, yeah, got to wait.
1: No, definitely. There was a little bit of shuffle in the card. Your matchup got ended up moving to the main event portion of the prelims. It's actually a pretty good spot. If you think about it, they usually put people that they're trying to profile right there. So okay. it says a lot no, about it's- you.
3: Yeah, no, it's called cool. it's a blessing in disguise. Of fighting on the main card the last time, that was a bump up. I understand, and then now I'm on the like early prelims. Doesn't bother me in a way. I'm just like at the start, I was like, oh shit, I was am pretty early, but then you know, my, my coaches were like, oh, don't stress. Like you get to like get your fight done, sort of kick it in the green room, eat the food before everyone else does. Yeah. So I was like, noted.
1: So <laughs> what people don't understand too is you're going to be fighting at what time? Like pretty early in the morning, right? Like nine thirty, ten.
3: The car starts at 10 a.m. for us. Okay. So, yeah. So 10ish. Yeah. See,
1: uh, how do you feel about that? Do you like that, or would you rather, you know? Because I, I mean, you and I talk. You're not. I mean, yeah, not, yeah. you're not a super early person, morning person.
3: Yeah, no, I'm not really. But I have been. <laughs> I've been training myself to be. I've been waking up at 5:30. Well, I started. I started like 6:45. Then I started working my way earlier and earlier, just so that I can, like, you know, acclimatize something, <laughs> like, good yeah. so time. You know what I mean? Um, no, for sure. I, if, if it was down to me, I'd normally be waking up around 10.30. Like, basically the time of fighting. But, exactly. So now I'm good. Like, even today, I woke up at 5.30 with no alarm. Like, I was up, ready. Like, I'm in fight mode. So, no, I should be good, and I should be peaking at that time now.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. When I ask you, you should be ready to peak right around 10.30.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So how do you feel
1: this fight's going to play out on Saturday?
3: I mean, I'm mean, i hoping, of course, that, like, you know, it's going to be a banger. This girl wants to stand up. She's got a boxing style, I'm hoping she's not going to just want to hold me down and grapple. But I haven't seen that from her in the past. So I doubt it's going to be happening. But either way, I'm prepared for whatever. Um, if it hits the floor, I've been working my wrestle perfect. I feel like I should dominate in that sense. If it's standing, that's cool. We can have some fun there. So wherever it goes, I'm down for it.
1: So Australian top team is where you train. Quick shout out to them. Uh, tell me what's it been like with you guys over there right now?
3: yeah it's been pretty good like the fight like the fighters there are always everyone's always got a fight so we're always really busy um, the team's always helping each other and active in that sense so it's never a quiet moment and um Simon and Ash they're always traveling whether it's Melbourne Gold Coast, Perth, Adelaide there's always cards in Australia if not um they' you know they're heading international to corner fighters and if not themselves so it's been it's, it's really great and like having teammates who actually like support you and that it's not just a gym you know, it is a family too. So like, it's, it's a great feeling over there.
1: Now, some are calling this card the biggest card in oceanic history. How do you feel about being part of that?
3: I mean, it's great. I mean, I've seen the numbers, um, you know, around 40,000 or whatever it's on at the moment, but, um, it's kind of like, you don't really realize like how many people there are. I feel like until you kind of fight there, you know what I mean? Because like I, I mean, the last attendance for the two, three, four was like 16,000 or whatever. And I thought that was big because obviously the the, the stadium's smaller, so it fills up. But um, I think it'll be a different atmosphere and it'll be great to be a part of something as historic as that.
1: Yeah, and then you're going to be able to sit back and watch the main event?
3: Yeah, of course. Who do you have
1: going in the main event? Robert Whitaker, Israel Adesane.
3: Um I'm rooting for Whitaker. I feel like he's more dominant, well-rounded, and... Um, I know that uh, Israel's got, like, a pretty different style and, you know, he's free-flowing like that, but I feel like Rob's got a good strategy enough to dominate.
1: Now, some of the guys from over there have some very uh, colorful walkout music. Are you going to be following suit the same or are you going to be having something a little different?
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I think we are discussing a lot. I know some of the Islander guys, like, they love their, you know, they're kind of different. It's just Celine Dion and whatever yeah. it is. Um, not my not my cup of tea, but I mean, everyone's got their own style. Um, I've always walked out to kind of like a gangster rap thing. So, yeah, I'm coming up to some um, Aussie rap from one of my good friends, Sam Pistol Pete and Enzo. So, a mad track should be coming down with that.
1: Yeah, you don't get the nickname 187 without being a little bit of gangster.
3: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't be walking out to like Whitney or something and be like, "Yo, I'm <laughs> killer. <laughs> right?
1: Because we got be the money funny. on the hand. Sorry, suppose so you got your money on the hand.
3: Yeah, exactly. right. It's just not working out.
1: So, uh, how's the diet been? Cause I know you actually, of, yeah. you've been using, uh, who you've been using this time? Uh, the fight dietitian. How's that been working?
3: Yeah, he's been great. I mean, uh, I've been working with him the last, uh, nine weeks. So basically before like a diet camps of eight weeks only started, I hit him up. I've heard a lot of good things about him. And I've seen his work with a lot of other uh, reputable names um, in the industry. And, um, you know, like, of course, it wasn't the concern of making weight. It was making sure I perform, making sure that the nutrition is fueling my my training and everything as well. So I feel like performance-wise, I've been great this week. I've been feeling, um, like, unfamiliarly, like, energized. I have never really been as energized in a fight camp, especially on fight week. Like, yeah, sure, like today I had a nap or whatever, but that's cool it's normal. People normally nap anyway, like we're in between their sessions and things like that. So considering I feel great, um, and he's been really great, and his team here, and they've brought to Melbourne, like they've brought their own chefs and things like that. So they hit you up, they try and base it around your schedule of training, they give you the food, the snacks or whatever else. So he's been great.
1: Very convenient for you.
3: Definitely. And like it's one less stress to worry about. As, as if the last thing, imagine being like especially international or like wherever you are like going to like traveling to melbourne and then having to worry about oh i gotta go get this 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 from us easier just, just pop a message and he was like yo i'm here you know like he's it's he real quick it was since i messaged him in the morning he's like jumping on that text message replying within a minute like very quick and he's there for the fighters too so he always asks and checks up on us and that makes a plays a massive role for a fighter
1: what are some of the things you've eaten the last couple of days this
3: morning i had like chicken and avocado um, with some capsicum, like it wasn't like I was up at five, so eating at ten thirty was like like kind of like early lunch for me. <laughs> but it was great and that was honestly really feeling for a while and I had my snack with like peanut butter and chalk chips like mixed together. Like peanut butter and chalk chips on Foyer Week, you would never have thought of it. You know what I mean? Like for I would sure. never. Yeah. But um of course like that plays again with how low my weight my weight is, you know, too. So obviously if I was had heaps over, wouldn't be getting those type of fats but um I'm reaping the rewards in that sense
1: yeah so we're comfortable at one twenty five now we're not thinking about yeah. going back down to one twenty or one fifteen at all
3: no i mean i've I feel like i'm I'm building myself in this division, and the way I've been training is to be a flyweight so let's bring in that powerhouse you know so I'm gonna try and stay here definitely
1: now I know you don't want to call anybody out, but what are some of the names you would like to see on the way up?
3: Oh, you know, I'm not really sure. I haven't really scraped out the flyweight division and been like, oh, I want this certain person. So it's really hard to say in that sense. But um, I'm not talking champ shit. Like, you know, uh, we're going to go one fight at a time, but I'm happy to take out the names. And if I get a, another chance to fight someone on top 15, then say, so but yeah, I feel like I'm growing as an athlete and I should be able to take advantage of that.
1: No, for sure. So we kind of gotten a point of view of what you've been like during your fight camp. Yeah what yeah, have yeah. you done to kind of like de-stress from the whole fight life what have you been doing on your spare time
3: honestly i just like to live a normal person life and in saying that like hanging with like friends or you know just chilling or whatever saying so downtime, like i've actually been going outdoors a lot recently like no like random hikes or anything but because kind of where i live like a little greenery and things like that so just sitting outside and absorbing the energy and not always being so hyped up like always listening to gangster music because that's something that i used to always do and would be like overhyped one of my coaches, Ash Khan, he was like, oh, don't don't be like listen to too much gangster rap. like That's he was like, we'll fuck you up, you know, because you'd be always on edge. Yeah. But um, before you said that... i I got a bone to
1: pick with you when it comes to your gangster rap too, though. How yeah. do you pick Biggie over Tupac? Because in my mind, Tupac is the greatest rapper of all time. And
3: there's like... Yeah.
1: Like, look, Biggie's... No, no.
3: Nah. It's not like that. The I don't gap. think I pick Biggie over here. <laughs> I don't think Biggie over Tupac. I just feel like... He's more of a G-up, like his lyrics are more explicit in a way, like, you know, they're a bit, you know, that wouldn't exactly show sh- my mama those music, but she's <laughs> into it too. But uh, like, I feel like it's about Tupac's got like more, he's a more of a lyrical genius in a way, where he's poetic yes. and things like that. You can listen to him all day, every day in, in different types of moods. but someone to get you going is probably Biggie. So that's a little separation there.
1: Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. Yeah. What else are you into besides the Tupac and Biggie?
3: Honestly, a lot of things like from ASAP Rocky to Kendrick and a lot of weird shit as well. Like, so the gangster Music, I don't even know that you were down to it, but I was like talking about SPM, who is like the, he's from um, Houston, but obviously not anymore. Like he's, he's in jail now, yeah. yeah. so, um, but he's got some like weird ass like Mexican, like, you know, vibe going as well. So that's something different and I think people are surprised with like the type of Gangstrap that I like because it's not normally just normal lyrics. It's like pretty explicit stuff. And they're like, you don't seem like the type of person. I'm like, I don't know. It just speaks to me. No, for <laughs> so sure. So you, you can't really question Yeah, that's about it really.
1: So um, what are you going to do after the fights? Have you checked out Melbourne? I mean, you've been there before. Have yeah, you? yeah. Do you have any spots you want to check out though while you're there? Some of your favorite yeah, nothing, go-tos?
3: Nothing properly in mind, but um, I've extended the trip for a couple of days and my girls are coming this weekend too, so they're going to be here to support, watch the fight, and then we've booked a separate hotels for after, so we get to like party a little bit, not too much. I'm not really like, crazy into it, but just party a little bit, you know, experience. here Yeah, and just downtime, you know, like not having to you know, focus and go straight back to Sydney, which I've always done, like always just like going back into it, or it's good to just kind of Relax for a bit before you get back to your routine.
1: No, for sure. You deserve it. I mean, no matter how the outcome is yeah. on Sunday. I mean, you how, you, how long has your camp been? Six weeks? Twelve weeks?
3: No, it's been like I've known for like 14 weeks almost. So I rehab. feel like Yeah, I feel like it's been a, since the last fight. I feel like it's been a six-month thing in a way, like maybe not knowing I was fighting, but the intent was there. Yeah. And when the intent's there, then the training is there and the mental is there. So you need to just kind of give it a break, you know? And not even a crazy one; just it's just a good one. So people don't. Some people think, "Oh, I can't break. I can't." No, like that's how people fall apart. And if I'm being considerate of my own mental, then I need that.
1: No, for sure. Well, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I know you guys are super busy over there. Uh, before I let you go, though, I want to give you a chance to give a shout out to any of your sponsors, teammates, loved ones, anyone that's really helped you along your MMA journey.
3: Yeah, I'm just going to give a shout out to my sponsors. So I've got Cryo Science, Strathfield, uh, The Sports Career Body Fit Therapies, um, Auburn, Australian Top Team, Anomaly Performance, Fight Back CBD, and The Fight Dietitian.
1: Excellent. And where can the fans find you on social media?
3: Okay. Uh, my Instagram is Nadia187Kasim, and that's basically the one that I always use.
1: Just don't talk shit.
3: <laughs> that's it <The> fuck around
1: <laughs> <laughs> alright Nadia well you guys can watch her this Saturday Sunday if you're in Australia uh, UFC 243 is the Fight past prelims main event we're super excited we're cheering for you over here we can't wait to watch you go out there and win this one
3: thank you appreciate all the support
1: of course and we'll get you back on soon
3: yeah for sure thank you so much alright have a good one you too
4: This is Stephen Ocho Peterson. You're listening to MMA Wreckage Radio.
1: Welcome back, knuckleheads. Here, Waleed and I are to recap this weekend's very good UFC card in Denmark. I enjoyed the shit out of it. It was UFC on ESPN Plus 18. Super excited about that. And they keep going with these ESPN Plus cards. We're even going to have an ESPN Plus 2 here Two weeks from now, so super excited about the growth that we've been seeing on ESPN. The headliner for ESPN Plus 18 in Denmark was Jack Hermanson taking on Jared Candanier. And Jared Candanier made very light work of the very, very big, hyped Hermanson. We'll get into that a little later. At the very beginning of the show, Jack Shore defeated Nohaleen Hernandez. By submission, rear naked choke, two minutes and fifty-one seconds into the third round. Wally Wall did were you able to catch any of these earlier fights, man?
2: I didn't catch them like live, but I watched them uh, afterward. And you know, I love it when the the show starts with the with the finish, with the submission or knockout. You know, Yes. Except, you know, it's end the whole show. You know, like oh shit! So this is the beginning of the show. Like this is the first fight. Well, we're doing and, it know, like
1: this now. I got you. Yeah.
2: and that's why like we had some amazing uh, finish in the in the main card. So yeah. yeah.
1: One that I'm I was good. really excited for. Unfortunately, I didn't get to check these earlier ones out. I was uh, a little busy running around. I had to go run to the store get a new fucking uh, memory card for my camera to get ready for the Bellator fights. But one that I was super interested in was Mark DeCasey defeating Lando Venata by unanimous decision. Mark DeCasey, man, I mean, he really, when he first came onto the scene, he really looked like he was going to be a high-level prospect coming out of Britain. He kind of fizzled off. I feel like with this victory, though, he's kind of reasserted himself as possibly being a contender one day.
2: I think that they, like, gave him, gave him uh, a fighter that he wasn't, like, he didn't have uh, the level to, to beat. He fought against Dan Hooker, right? He, he lost to Dan Hooker. By uh, I guil- believe so. Yeah, guilty in shock. I remember it, yeah. yes. So that was the fight that, you know, kind of exposed him. And uh, you know, taking a step back to rebuild yourself sometimes is good. And uh, a win against uh, Lando Vanada, like it's yeah, Lando it's always is no
1: good. slouch. I mean, even in his UFC debut, he went in there and put it on to Tony Ferguson, who most of us are sitting here claiming to be the rightful number one contender for Khabib's number one, or lightweight title.
2: Yeah, for sure. And you know, uh, the lightweight division, like we say, and I gonna say it again, and we say it in every episode. It's so stuck. like, so many great fighters in that, like, we division. Like, no need to be wrecked to be a great fighter in this division.
1: No, for sure. Lena Landsberg defeated Macy Shoshone by unanimous decision. Uh, Lena Landsberg, another one, went out there and just did her thing. How did she look to you, Waleed?
2: Oh, she looked good. She looked real, real good. Like, and I have to say... Like, she is a legit fighter in this division. Like, for so long, she's been, a big, you know, she's been big. She's been a big name in this division. I feel that maybe right now is the right time for her. And, you know, with two wins, uh, with two consecutive wins,
1: who knows what's next for her. Definitely. And with that women's Bantamweight division, I feel like it. it it's not – it was – at one point, really, really shallow. But now I feel like it's slowly starting to, be, to become a much deeper division, especially when you see people like Shoshone come in as a 145 or realize she's better at 35, drop down. She made an immediate impact. And then Lena Landsberg, another person who also has looked very good since joining the UFC, very excited to see where these two women go plus the women's band and weight division.
2: Yeah. In the um. featherweight
1: division, Giga. Chiz or whatever the hell his name is defeated Brandon Davis by split decision I'm sorry bro that I just bitchered your name but Chicago. it happens it happens sometimes Did she Chicago. she cogs yeah she no, right.
2: cogs with a d
1: she cogs we're gonna go ahead and skip that one. And welterweight Ishmael <laughs> Nerdiv, defeated Syrian. Yeah, again. Oh yeah. Good luck for
2: good luck with this one. <laughs> oh so, man. Well, I
1: understand we got to have these European cards, but can we? Bahad uh, Zada Bahad Zada Bahad Zada yeah. Bam. Yeah. Well, he lost because his name's so damn hard to fucking say by unanimous decision. Again, sorry guys, I missed these fights. I don't have a whole lot to get in detail. Wally, Wall, help us out a little bit.
2: Yeah. So you know, I think that we went once we go to the main card. I think that we will be able to speak more because we had so much great fights in this main card. I feel that even maybe it's the only card where we have a main card way better than the prelims in the last couple of weeks because couple last couple of weeks like prelims were really legit.
1: No, for sure. Mach Ahmad Murdoff defeated Alisco de What the fuck? By unanimous decision, (laughs) (laughs) in the middleweight division, John Phillips defeated Alan Amidrovsky. You got to understand that once these guys start winning, though, we're going to know all their names. Except for Alan Adamowski, He just lost in 17 seconds by a huge KO by John Phillips. Tell me, I seen that one on a highlight. What did you think of it?
2: I think if I'm not wrong, it was the quickest knockout in the middleweight division. I think I read that uh, read that somewhere. So yeah, it's it's a it's a quick knockout. What what do you have to say? It's uh, the best way to win, I think.
1: It was so nice that it earned the man a fifty thousand dollar performance bonus. Hell yeah! Going home with a little bit of cheddar. Oh, yeah. uh, that was the main fight on the ESPN plus prelims portion of the card in the welterweight division that kicked off the main card with Nicholas Dolby taking on Cowboy Alex Oliveira. Cowboy unfortunately lost this fight by unanimous decision. Tell me what you think about this fight.
2: I think that Cowboy doesn't look the same ever since he lost to my man Mike Perry.
1: Okay, but or do you think that maybe <laughs> Nicholas just really dominated him and stifled him in every way?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like he, dom- I think that's uh, Cowboy need to think about going back to lightweight. I think that welterweight is not the answer for him.
1: I could see that. Uh, I think definitely welterweights are probably a little bigger. But at his age, yeah. do you think he can make that cut to fifty-five?
2: Yeah, I think he can. Like, it's all about the diet, you know. And when you do it right, you do it right. You have no problem doing it. I think that it's a problem for him. At welterweight, like, he looks small, smaller, weaker than the other welterweight dude. So that's why I feel that he needs to go back to lightweight. Like, this is the only way for him.
1: Now, in the light heavyweight division, Oven St. Proust defeated Michel Olenek. Just kidding. Michal, we call <laughs> him Michel. All all the all renamed named Michal. Michal, they're all in. But listen, he beat him by the Saint Priest choke. You Von Fluke. No, the Saint Cruz. So-
2: yeah. Someone named him Von Flu choke on uh, Wikipedia page. Listen,
1: like Ovine Saint Prus has pulled that submission off on uh, what four? Four people? Five. Yeah, five, maybe I more. Think, right? I think it's five now. Well, in the UFC, it's five. At this point, it's a St. Priest choke.
2: It's his thing. Like, there are fighters that have their submission move, and this is his submission move. Like, it's his go-to, you know? It's kind of a dark stroke, and he's the best at it. I think he's the best doing it.
1: You talk in- about go-tos in Ove St. Prue definitely has a go-to for sure, and it's that Von Flute choke.
2: Yes, yeah, so so dangerous. He, he had the perfect technique. Like it's the like the saying, you know, the Bruce Lee saying that don't fear the the man who knows a uh, hundred kicks, like and fear the the man who practice the same kick a hundred times. He had that submission move, and he he can do it better than anybody. And you know, once you if he get if he get you in that position, like you're in big trouble.
1: No, for sure. One thing that one man has, Ion Kuntalaba has probably the most biggest intimidation factor when it comes to fighters. He beats you before he even gets in the cage with you. He does (laughs) it all the time, especially in the weigh-ins. He will get right in your face and he will scream at the top of his lungs. Like you need to know that he means that he is ready to go to war and he will kill you in this fight if he has to. Sometimes it's very, very quick, and sometimes it's very, very devastating. This is one of those times. Khalil Roundtree ate some dirty elbows two minutes and 35 seconds into the first round, and Ion Kuntalaba really showed that he is here to stay in this light heavyweight division.
2: Yeah, huge win for him because, you know, Khalil is not an easy fight. But I have to say something. Like I Aaron remember Khalil's
1: when Khalil, looked very good recently.
2: Yeah, he did. Like really. And Khalil, I have something to say. Like remember when he he fought against uh, Go- Gohan Saki and he won by knockout. Yes. So Gohan Saki, like Dana White sold the sold us like sold her, sold him to us like he is the striker, you know, because of his uh, kickboxing, you know, background. And, you know, his kickboxing uh, record. But a man who lost by knockout to this one, and this one is losing by TKO to other dudes, I think that really proves that in MMA, like, it's really tough to not to be a great striker, you know? Because, you know, he defeated Gohan Saki by knockout, and now he's losing by TKO. So <laughs>
1: what do you, do you get from that? Um, I mean, let's be for real. Like Cleo Roundtree is just one of those guys who is very, very, very good and talented, but I think he might've got started a little too late.
2: Yeah, maybe
1: he didn't. He, I mean, he'll tell you all the time. Like he was like a fat 21 year old, just chilling on the couch and like was watching tough. Enough. I was like, I want to try that and just started going to the gym one day. Like, if he would have started maybe at a younger age, maybe, you know, like in his teens, we might see a completely different beast. Because you can yeah, understand, I mean, fighting is very mental, too. So, once you're already behind the game talent-wise, I mean, I'm not saying he was at the point. I'm not, I'm not trying to implement that at all because he went to the Ultimate Fighter and did very well. He's in the <laughs> UFC, like, Yeah, you know. I mean, obviously, he's very good. He's in the UFC, but, my thing is, is I feel like if he would have started a little younger, we might be seeing a real fucking beast.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Like, because he have something that's... He have that uh, X factor, you know, he can knock people out, like he's very dangerous. Even though he lost this fight. But let's talk about the winner. What did you think about his performance?
1: Ayan Kuntalaba looked fucking Amazing. Amazing. It just the intimidation factor alone at the weigh-ins, I mean, just shows yeah. how fucking ready for war this guy is. And he's not playing with anybody. Like, he's ready to take your fucking head off. And, and good for him. excites me.
2: Good for him. He went viral. Like, the uh, the face-off went viral. All the people, like, posted the, that picture, you know, of Khalil getting, like, <laughs> kind of, like, saying, like, what the fuck, what the fuck is he screaming at me? Like, it's good. It's good for you. Good for him.
1: No, for sure. In the welterweight division, Gilbert Burns stepped in on short notice to take out Gunnar Nielsen by unanimous decision. A very, very good performance by Gilbert Burns. He went in there and won the second and third round convincingly. Uh, Just looked very good. He's looked very good since joining the welterweight division. I'm excited to see what the future has for him in this division. I would love to see him fight somebody like a Damian Maya.
2: Oh, you want that Damien Maya smoke? I think that's the Damien Maya is not a good matchup for anybody, but I get what you mean. Like, he needs that big opponent right now. He needs a name. He needs a name so he can, like, uh, climb the ladder uh, quicker. I agree with you. Damien Maya would be a great fight.
1: What about your your boy Mike Perry?
2: Oh. You don't want Mike Perry. I think you he don't wants
1: want, that smoke, bro.
2: You don't want that in your Mike Perry. You know how dangerous he is. But, yeah, it would be a great fight. Like, you know, you know Mike Perry is, you know, I'm a huge fan of Mike Perry, but
1: against uh, Gilbert,
2: it would be a great
1: fight. For sure. Mark Madsen went out there and defeated Danilio Bellanado by TKO. One minute and 12 seconds into the fight. Uh, Madsen was an, a silver medalist for Denmark's Gropen, Greco-Roman wrestling team, uh, and he proved it. He he utilized that wrestling very well, and uh, he's got knockout hands to go with it. I mean, he's he's got very 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 big power in his hands for somebody who's only 155
2: 145 pounds. Yeah, the people like think that maybe. You need to be a heavyweight to knock people out. Man, there are some guys in lightweight division and bantamweight division that can knock people out too. And that's what Mark did. And he did it quickly, you know, at 1 minute and 12 seconds in the first round.
1: Now, him being 35, this was his UFC debut. Where do you see him going from here? He's a very, very, I mean, look at what Joel Romero was able to do even coming into the game so late, this is almost the same situation. We got a guy who won bronze in the European Championships in 2014. In the World Championships in 2006, he took bronze. In 2005, 2007, 2009, and 2015, he took silver. And the Olympic Games in 2016, he's a silver medalist. I mean, you can't deny that wrestling. Cur- I mean, it's there.
2: Listen, brother, like, we – We see that wrestlers can have like a longer career, let's go to the Romero, Daniel Cormier or even GSP, GSP like fought when he was young and he came back and won against Bisping, that tell you that those kind of wrestler guys like they can have a long career so age is just a number for them I feel.
1: No, for sure. Where do you see him playing out in this lightweight division for the UFC? Oh, so much fights that can go. Like,
2: he can have so much fights uh, in the in this division, so many fights to make, but I don't know. I feel that uh, it's pretty soon to give him someone
1: uh, in the top 15. Oh, uh, for sure. I don't think you could give him a big name anytime soon. I wouldn't even like to give him a big name quite yet. But I think one yeah. day down the road, I mean, it, 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 we're not talking about a far possibility of him taking on somebody like an Islam Makachev.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. on Islam, like maybe a couple of months, but you know, he can fight against uh, Mark De'Kesey maybe in this lightweight division. It's a fight
1: that can happen.
2: So yeah, many Mark great De'Kesey, fights that yeah. can, yeah. So many great fights we can have like in this lightweight.
1: Division. Definitely talking about one great fight. The middleweight main event between Jared Cannonier and Jack Hermanson was one for the ages. Jack Hermanson really put his name on the map. Uh, what was it? Four or five months ago, I believe, when he yeah. submitted Jacare. And uh, Jared Cannonier in five minutes and 27 seconds took all of that. All of that yeah. hype that Jack Hermanson had is now firmly in Jared Cannonier's back pocket. And he is ready to take this middleweight division by storm
2: listen uh the killer gorilla let's talk about like his uh his welterweight his middleweight career sorry because you know he had the he had an mma career before and now he had he's having his middle middleweight career his middleweight career is two, three and oh, so he destroyed david branch he murdered anderson silva the spider and now he murdered Jack Hermanson, like, for me, I think that he is one of the most dangerous fighters in this division, I feel that uh, he deserve a big fight right now, a bigger fight, and even bigger fight than this one, I think that he is... In the, he's in the same level as uh, Joel Romero or uh, Paulo Costa when it comes to be dangerous. I'm not saying that he is as a great fighter as them, but when it comes like how dangerous they are, he he is as dangerous as them.
1: Now you got to understand this man dropped down from the heavyweight division to the middleweight division, and he looks cut now at middleweight. I mean, at, yeah, heavyweight he was a big boy, and he yeah. looked he was knocking guys out at heavyweight. And then he, he went he to fought. light heavyweight. Uh, I don't exactly remember who he fought. Uh, I want to say, was it round? No, it was Reyes. He, he fought Reyes. He
2: lost to Reyes and to Blakovich. He lost to Blakovich. Okay, here it
1: is. Yeah, pulling it up right now. He lost to... Oh, he beat Ion Kunze Lava. Yeah. He lost, he lost to, to Glover. Cooper. He lost to Jan, and he lost to Dominic Reyes. All in the light heavyweight division. He knocked out Cyril Asker in the UFC at heavyweight.
2: Yeah. That's we what I told now
1: went on a three fight winning streak in the middleweight division starting at UFC two thirty in New York against Derek brunson he moved on to go david to branch, branch sorry david branch then he moved on to rio de janeiro brazil to, to take on anderson silva at ufc 237 he passed that with flying colors in the first round then he went to denmark and with five minutes and 27 seconds he went in there and took out jack hermanson at this point who is going to stop the killer gorilla
2: I think that's a guy like Joel Romero or Costa. Other than that, I don't think that there's another one in this in this planet that can stop him. Or the champion. Israel
1: or maybe Adesanya. the champion.
2: No, no, the real champion, I Robert Whaley. Israel, don't we, don't we, don't we.
1: Israel has a great chance because of how he is at counter-striking.
2: Listen, I think that's Adesanya... Can't win against Jacare. Listen, I don't listen. think that's can against your When
1: Whitaker gets clipped running in, they'll be calling me. Okay. Okay. Don't be, don't be we
2: bothered. will see. We will see, brother. We will right. see. We will see. Ooh. We will see.
1: <laughs> what do you want next for Jack Hermanson in this middleweight division?
2: Oh, Jack Hermanson. Like for him, I'm so sorry for him because he was so close. Like this one, if he won this fight, I think that he would uh, have get like this, you know, that number one contender fight. Yes. Very but easily. now, yeah, but now it's a step back for him. Like, I don't know. If uh, Tyron
1: Woodley or
2: Darren Till wants to go up a weight class, well, like Darren I think. Darren
1: already scheduled.
2: Yeah. Why? He can, he can fight for him, against him, and, you know, welcome him. Maybe. Can. Yeah but uh what yeah about, it's a bummer
1: what about for the killer gorilla what do you want to oh, see him next for Jerry Cannonier? i really honestly think like i said it takes all that hype he'll be now on a three fight winning streak if he wins one more it's kind of hard to deny a man a fucking title shot when you look at his resume
2: listen costa is not like established maybe for fight, some, uh, some people yeah, so people, Costa is the number one contender. For me, I think that, yeah, he is the number one contender, but if he has to fight another fight, like, it's this one. And do it would be a great do fight. Do you
1: think J.R. can turn around easily and do it sooner rather than later?
2: Like, uh, do you think that he can... Uh, do it, maybe, a... say,
1: within the next three months. Maybe January. Oh, yeah, he can. Oh, yeah, I think he can, yeah. I think he can. He's a monster, dude. No, for sure. He's good. He's good as shit. I'm super excited to see what he brings to the table. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for our recap portion of UFC on ESPN Plus 18. Wally Wall is going to be back in a little bit. We have some awesome interviews lined up for everybody, like always. But uh, we will get back to you guys after here in a little bit.
3: This is Sabina Mazzo, and you're listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. <clears throat> All
1: right, guys, joining me at this time is one of the baddest men on the planet, Mr. Night Train himself, Jared Gooden. How you doing today, Jared?
5: I'm great, man. Uh, I'm about to go for a run, then I have a session I have to get to. Man, I feel great. Weight's coming off. I can't wait for next Thursday, man. And today is Thursday, so I'm saying I just can't wait for next Thursday, seven days, man. Boom, it is going down in Columbus, Georgia, bro.
1: Can't wait. Island Fight 60. Marcel Stamps, the former Alabama linebacker. How excited are you to be getting back in there, man?
5: I'm very excited to get back in there, man. And if anybody doesn't know me, uh, they, it, like, if you watch my fights, I'm exciting as hell. My, I'm coming off of a loss right now, a very bad loss. I got finished for the first time in my career out of fucking, yeah, 18 fights. Finally got finished. It, it It's fucked with me. You know what I mean? Uh, I got finished on the feet. And I took a month off from, from stand-up, and I really focused more on my ground game. And I got back into stand-up, and it's just like I can't wait to get back in that cage, bro, and just show everybody what I am. Because, you know, you know, they always say you're, you are what, you, what your last fight was. You know what I mean? And my last fight was terrible. I just can't wait to get back in there and make a statement and keep going forward in my career.
1: What can the fans expect from you next Thursday night? Blood.
5: Blood, man. I'm, I'm coming to fuck him up, man. I Like, the, th- the thing is, man, the thing about me and – i'm gonna see if i can describe it the right way this fighting is a game to me but i'm, I'm mentally i am fucked up bro it's this game it's like it's like giving a killer a knife and asking them not to use it's like y'all are fucking crazy bro like i expect blood i'm coming in there to there do damage man the longer the fight goes the more i'm looking to make him suffer until he decides to quit so i'm just going in there for 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 and to fuck him up
1: and how do you expect this fight to play out man, I'm not, I'm not good with predictions, bro. Like, <laughs> cause like,
5: I like to be right. Like if, if you ask any of my exes, you're like, "Oh, Jared right. Yes, I do. So I'd hate to be like, Oh, it's going to go out the third third round with the armbar. You know what I mean? Uh, then I'd be waiting for the third round. However it happens. It happens. If he, wherever I see the finish, I'll take it. But, um, like I said, it's going to be exciting, man. I, I'm, man, I'm, I'm only four years into being a pro hard, got 18 fights, but my, my goal and my, like, I'm always looking for perfection, you know what I mean? I, I want to be like, oh, there's fight, let's tone in, you know what I mean? I'm always coming to give it my all, I want to fight. And, uh,
1: are you, did you change your grip on the phone? Because it sounded like you were nah. covering the mic a little bit.
5: Oh my God, can you hear me now? You I know, kinda, I I, you're good. My bad, <laughs> dude. Technology is not my friend. This is why I fight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, brother. It's all good. Um, so yeah, Thursday, man. Uh, how excited are you to be fighting back in Georgia? I know that we talked before. You used to fight for the NFC, you said you won't be fighting back in Georgia anytime soon. And here we are again, island fights back home,
5: man. Um, honestly, if you if you if you if you'd ask, like, I'm, you asked me, so I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm not excited about it at all. I don't like fighting in front of my friends and family. I, I, I They know it. Like, I've told I've told a lot of people, I'm like, don't come to this shit. Take me out on UFC Fight Pass. I don't want you there. And the reason is because, like, I, I like being the villain, bro. I like traveling. I like going to people's um, hometown stage like that and beating their ass there, bro. I, I love being the villain. I love being booed. I love that shit because when I win I, and I, the whole crowd goes silent, I love that shit. Because then when they're silent, y'all really, can really hear me talk. And I'd be like, fuck all y'all! <laughs> but, uh, nah, man, I love being the villain, bro. So, yeah, I'm not excited about fighting at home, man. Like I said, I, I really have told friends. Like, so I have some friends and family coming, but um, I've told a lot of people not to come, man. I just, I don't know. I, I don't like fighting at home. But, like I said, it's still going to be a dope-ass fight. Checking out a UFC Fight Pass, guys. It's going down. It's going to be real.
1: Yeah, another one on UFC Fight Pass, man. That's a great exposure for you. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I'm trying to...
5: You know, I'm just trying to nudge myself to the UFC. You know, like I'm like, let's, let's say, like the UFC sitting right here. I'm trying to like elbow him. I'm like, hey, hey, it's me again. It's me again. You know, I'm coming. Exactly. <laughs> <I'm coming. laughs> you know what I mean. And when I come, man, I'm coming for thunder. Uh, like I said, I'm just uh, I'm going back down to 170. I want to make sure I make that that clear to everybody. That's why this fight is a catchweight at 175. Um, but I'm definitely going back to 170. That last fight at 185 proved me that. Um, man, you know, everybody thinks they're Billy Badass at one point. You know, and it's until you run into Billy Badass that you realize, shit, I'm good at math. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what happened to me. <laughs> that's what happened to me in my last fight, man. The boys
1: are a little big.
5: Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Like, I think I, I've heard word that my opponent that I fought my last fight cut from like 220 or 230 to make 185. Yeah, I've heard the same. I, I cut from 200 the day of weigh-ins. I cut those 15 pounds that day and weighed in, you know, so... um I'm not going to be stupid like that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as big to be a middleweight, so I'm going back down to 170. And this fight is just along the way to make, go back to 170. And when I get a big name like Marcel Stamps on my resume, you know, I just can't wait for this.
1: You have no happy I am to hear that you're going back down to 170, man. I really feel like that's your natural weight class, and you're going to blossom in the
5: welterweight division. Thank you, bro. Yeah, I, I can't wait, man. Like, And, and, and honestly – there's some people like you know I, you know I've created a hit list at 170 in all kinds of organizations and man honestly the biggest fight that I want right now like you know I'll, I'll always want Donald Stroney that's that's like my I know he's back at 155 but like that's my dream fight is Donald Stroney but I really want to fuck up Tyron Woodley bro that's why I'm really happy to be back at 170. <laughs> Tyron Woodley annoys the fuck out me. Me too. Oh, I can't stand time with me, man. He's such like a crybaby bitch, bro. You know what I mean? Like, he's always crying about something. The UFC doesn't love me, and I'm I, I'm just so awesome. It's like, dude, no, you're, you're, you're you're, a bum. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys who goes out there. He, he's like an old-school fighter. You know what I mean? He throws heavy when he sees it, and he gets tired. You know what I mean? It's, it annoys me watching him fight. So, I don't know. Uh, if he fights again, and I'm coming into the UFC soon, I hope I fight him and hope to get the fuck him up.
1: Uh, how many more fights till you get to the ufc how many do you see at least man i'm i'm, I'm my biggest critic i'm my biggest enemy so That's I'm gonna, sometimes I'm, the best thing
5: you know what i mean so i'm telling i'm telling myself three just to be realistic you know what i mean i don't want to get ahead of myself so um a lot of people are saying this this could be the fight against me there and i'm going to dominate it so who knows it could be but um in my mind again i have to play my own my my own enemy so i'm going to say three the worst you know what I mean? They all have to be spectacular finishes. They all have to be finishes and wins, and <clears throat> that's something about myself that I'm holding to um to a standard of my. Like, you know what I mean? Like some all biggest enemy, but I'm holding that to myself. It's like I'm too good to be going to the judges. You know what I mean? Um, I need finishes on my fights from now on, dude. I'm I have I'm four years uh, at pro. I've already have 18 fights. I'd have over 30 if I could. If everybody that uh, agreed to fight me would have fought me real quick. Uh, Side note, Josh Hickel, he's 13-3, and three. he's ranked up there in California somewhere, they offered him to fight me before this fight, and he turned me down, Josh Hickel, you're a bitch, alright, you and your mama are hell, but, um, yeah, I'm just saying, like, man, if everybody who would have fought me, fought me, man, I'd definitely have over 30 fights, man, if I could fight every weekend, I would, but, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a finisher, bro, I have to go out there, I have to finish people, there's no more judges, uh, there's no more judges, I'm not going to the third round anymore, I swear, I'm just going to go out there and finish people.
1: So, like you said, you're out there for blood. There will be blood, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> even even if it's mine, I
5: don't care, man. Even if I get cut open, I don't care. I love that shit. But there will be blood. I will paint that canvas red.
1: Now, I know you're a big video game fan. What have you been into, man? Shit. Well, I'm, man, honestly, I've just been going back in God of War,
5: <laughs> the, the latest God of War. Okay. I've been replaying that shit. Dude, it is so awesome, man. It really? And is. I'm looking for you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to number five, bro. I keep, uh, I'm a, I'm not a YouTuber in a way, but I'll go through and I'll like, I like to watch people's theories on God of War and other video games, you know? And so there's, there's people put out a lot of good shit. Cause you, you play, you
1: play the new God of War, bro. Oh yeah. I got the collector's edition manual right up there. <laughs> Stop.
5: My nigga, my nigga.
1: Nah, it's just, uh, like you remember
5: that? Remember being in hell and you, and you saw that bird in the distance Yes. when yes. you're going through hell? Yeah, so you know the the creators of God of War said they had to take out like seven bosses, and that's rumored to be one of them. You're supposed to fight that bird at some point in the game, but they took it out for some fucking reason. And so like, there's so many theories on like how Kratos got to like the Norse it was a Norse mythology from Greek, and there's a lot of people say it was that bird in hell. He had to kill it on his way over there. So it's like it's fucking cool, man. But um, I'm just hoping they fit that bird and other. A lot of these bosses they would have put in the first game in the second game, you know, and I'm looking forward to the, to I said second, but it's really like the fifth God of War game, man. Because, yeah. you know, they did three in Greek, this is the fourth in uh, uh, North mythology. Well, the Can't third remember. one
1: was like one of the best games on the PlayStation 3 also. Yes, it
5: was. Yes, it, so that's why, like, I'm just excited for the next God of War, because, like, this, this one that came out, how many gods do we fight? Like, two or three, and that's it? I know we fought those two three. at one time. I ain't trying to... three. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to give away too much because people who haven't played it. But uh I said we we'll played two or three. But like in God Listen, of War, if you haven't
1: played it by now, it's your fucking fault.
5: <laughs> for real, we gave you enough. For real. Time. The best. <laughs> <laughs> for real. But um, what's called? It? It's just like man, like God of War three. Then we kill, we kill like almost like ten gods or some shit, right? And yeah. some titans or some shit. So sure. God I'm just looking forward to it, man. I'm through everybody. Right. <laughs> And you know what's funny? That's how I see myself. I will never get, like, a Kratos tattoo or something like that. But, like, that's how I see myself going through, like, the UFC and the upper UFC, bro. I wouldn't be like Kratos killing these fucking gods, man. You know what I mean? Just running through everybody. And, like, in the most brutal fucking way possible.
1: (laughs) You get some, like, Kratos fate paint for weigh-ins?
5: Hey, maybe. You never know, man. I'll paint myself white. Then I'll have to do a red, uh, (laughs) red you know, hey, you know if I paint myself what I gotta make a little Michael Jackson video, of me moonwalking.
1: Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
5: <laughs>
4: uh, you kill me, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what I'm here for, right? <laughs>
4: I
5: appreciate there.
1: Well, um, how have you been doing on your diet? I know you were with uh, Eat Clean, bro. Are you still with them? How's everything with that? You see, in these kind of in these kind of moments,
5: I never know how to uh, approach that because no, I'm not with Eat Clean, bro, anymore. Um... And the reason I say this because they haven't sent me any meals. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? If they're not going to keep sending me food, I'm not going to keep posting you out there, you know? Right. But, um, no, I have I have a new uh, a new guy that I'm going to. His name's, ooh, my boy's going to mess me up because he told me to give, shout him out right here. His name's Robert. I can't remember my dude's last name right now. I, I, I'm going to post about it on my Instagram and Facebook soon because I'm actually 10 pounds well, out. I'm I one
1: article So, I'll make sure we'll, we'll put his name in the article correctly
5: for him. Thank you. Thank you. I will send it to you in a second. You know what I mean. But it's um, his name's Robert. I can't remember his last name. But um, he's he's really a a, a manager at X3, and me and him. He's been he's been asking me to to meet up with him for the longest to talk about diet stuff. And I've not to be an asshole, but I've always kind of like, yeah, I'll get to it. Get to it. While the missing fucking weight. You know what I mean? So, but um, I'm actually taking him serious. And we're a week out. I'm only ten pounds out. I'm one eighty. 180, I'm one eighty five this morning. That's I plan to be on point. You know what I mean? Thank you. So I plan to be on point. I want to be 175 on the dot for this fight. You know, we are in Georgia, and they give us plus two. I don't care to, to use that. I believe Marcel plans to, since he usually fights at middleweight. But, um, yeah, man, I'm just looking forward to it. I can't wait to weigh in. And I feel great, man. Like, usually when I'm cutting weight, I usually wait till the last minute to cut weight, and I'm just being stupid and dehydrated. But I actually feel great right now, man. Like I said, I, I really wish I had my dude's last name so I would give him a shout-out. But my boy Robert at X3 is a fucking genius, guys. Check him out if any he diet helps.
1: No for sure. Uh training. Where have you been training at for this fight?
5: Um, I've been training at Muscle City Barbell in Norcross, Georgia, and at X three, Georgia, and at X three in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, at, at Muscle City Barbell, like I'm so looking forward to this fight because bef- even before my last fight against Bruno, I was semi lifting. What I mean by semi lifting is I would lift whenever I felt like it. After that fight, since I couldn't do stand up for over a month, you know because I had they say i had a concussion but i never went to the doctor i just never cared so i was like all right i'm just going to give up striking for a month let my brain like heal and then get back into it Smart. but um, you know what i mean since i since i wasn't uh striking um i was lifting and so and everybody says that they can feel how strong i am bro i am excited muscle city barbell has made me a fucking beast bro i am bi- i am bigger i am slim like i'm i'm muscle wise bigger but i'm slim and it's just, like everybody at church can feel how strong i am now so i'm really excited to go out there and show how I've, how me and my body have evolved into like more of a dangerous animal, bro. I just can't wait to go out here, man. It's gonna be fucking awesome. And again, there's no there's no reason why I shouldn't get a finish.
1: Hell yeah, man! I'm super excited for you. Before I let you go, I want to give you an opportunity to give a quick shout out to your sponsors, loved ones, teammates, anyone that's really helped you along your MMA journey.
5: Um, I want to always give a shout out to my uh my my manager James Peniman. Um, again, I'll say it all the time. I've had big time management behind me. But nobody's done for him what he, what nobody's done for me what he has for me. So I've gotten this far because of him. I Always give a shout out to him. I want to give a shout out to my teammates. Uh, Robert Hale, the Blue King. He's fighting November eighth for uh King of the Cage here in Georgia. Um, he's me, he's my main training partner. You know what I mean? It's me and him at X three. We are the the OGs. We are in there every day. We're the dogs training and leading up the next generation of fighters uh coming up so i want to give a shout out to robert Hell, my boy nasty nate williams uh he's coming back in mma mma next year but of course he is one of my coaches you know what i mean he's always a long-time trainer partner but he's one of my coaches and man i want to give a shout out to him justin burns my boy voytex gonna be at the fights just man thank you guys for being here in my corner getting ready for this fight hope i said make you guys proud hope i don't let you down man hope you guys check me out
1: and uh where can the fans find you on social media and you know what's funny? I always mess this part up, man, because
5: I have so many <laughs> like usernames, I gotta start writing these down. On Instagram, you can catch me at night train n I T E train M M A 23 on Instagram. On Twitter, it's capital J, capital G Night N I T E Train 23. And on Facebook, just Jared the Night Train Gooden. Um, check me out, guys. I'm always po- I'm always posting weird shit, bro. Cause look, here's the thing. Within this game of MMA, you have to have some kind of social media crap, right? I don't. I, if I could, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do social media. I, I, I like and I don't like people. I mainly don't like people. But you know what I mean. After <laughs> this game, <laughs> and here's the thing, man. And and this is and the this is one of the reasons why I can't stand like DC because he wants to be everybody's fucking friend. Like, hey, you should like me, not John Jones. John Jones a coquette. I'm I'm the nice guy. Fuck that. Just, don't be a bitch. I don't I don't care to go out here and look for people. I'm not out here to be everybody's friend. I want to party right? with the other guy. Yeah, exactly, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly, though. Hey, me too. But no, it's just like, I'm not trying to be everybody's friend. So on social media, I post what I post. You know what I mean? If you get offended, you get offended. You know, unfollow me or whatever. I don't give a fuck. But it's just don't come to my social media thinking, hey, I'm here to make everybody like me. No, I'm here to be me 100%. I'm going to be me all the time. If you don't like it, fuck off. And
1: there you have it. If you don't like it, fuck off wise words from jared gooden next thursday he is taking on marcel stamps island fight cannot wait brother we're super excited for you we can't wait to have you back on after this huge victory thank you brother. thank you for having me man can't wait of course man have a good one you too this
5: this is julio arce and you
0: listen to mma records radio
1: all right, guys, back at it one more time, doing a little something different here. This time, we are actually going to give Bellator their very own segment. Yay! Thank you to the Bellator staff for hosting us this weekend at Bellator 228. It was phenomenal. It was a great night of fights. As you said, Waleed, it's always good when they start off with a finish, and Bellator 228 did just that james barnes defended david baran by submission rear naked choke one minute and 51 seconds into the second round it was a beautiful 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 rear naked choke that he started with very nice striking joshua jones defeated dominic clark by a guillotine choke uh dominic clark hurt his leg i believe during that fight so uh we saw how that one went weber almeida That is Leota Machida's teammate. He defeated Cassel Williams by TK on punches. That was 20 seconds into the second round. He looks like he could definitely make a splash in the next couple of years, most likely in the UFC or somebody else, even here in Bellator. Uh, Leandro Hugo, very, very big name. Defeated Sean Brunch by submission, guillotine, four minutes and 34 seconds into the second round. Uh, Leandro Higo, I think, had probably one of the better performances on that undercard. The guillotine was very, very tight, and it was probably one of the better submissions of the night.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. It was a good submission. And, you know, you said that maybe he will go to the UFC. Uh, I don't know. I think, uh, right now, Bellator is getting bigger and bigger, like, getting your name. Like, no need to go to the UFC, to be real.
1: No, for sure. I mean, at this point in time, there's multiple, I mean, PFL, you can even make a big name in PFL now, Bellator, 1FC. There's definitely a lot more avenues for these fighters to go out there and make their names.
2: Yeah, I agree with you.
1: Now, Johnny Cisnero defeated Michael Jasper by TKO injury four minutes and 28 seconds into the second round. But the one fight I definitely want to talk about real quick is Antonio McKee. He defeated William Shiriapal by TKO one minute and 17 seconds into the second round. Antonio McKee is 39 years old, 40 years old, I believe. Uh, His son, AJ McKee, fought on the card. These two are the first father-son duo to ever fight on a major North American card. I mean, what a great story just to I mean AJ McKee was in the corner for Antonio's fight. Antonio was in the corner for AJ's fight. Antonio has been in the corner for every single one of AJ's fights. So after he got his gloves off, he had to put his coaching shirt on and go and help AJ advance to the second round. We'll get into that a little later, but Antonio wants to continue to keep fighting. Can't wait to see him continue to keep doing what he does in Bellator. Wrestling is very, very very good. Ava Knight defeated Shannon Gawelby by KO body punches. Those were some nasty body punches. Only fight that made it to the third round in the entire undercard up until the main event of the undercard. Ava Knight, though, her boxing is nasty, and she really proved that she has superior striking over a lot of these girls. We'll see if her grappling can come up to par with her world-class striking, and if it can, she is going to be a whirlwind for a 115-pound division in Bellator.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, so many big names right now in Bellator in all the division, I feel that. Uh, yeah, even in, the, even in the female divisions.
1: No, for sure. 100%. AJ Agazim, your boy, defeated Jonathan Sancho Quiroz by unanimous decision, 29 28 across the board. AJ looked very good. I was surprised at how good his striking has looked for the little bit of time that he's been able to work with the Diaz brothers and their striking team out there in Stockton. But I mean, he's just looked very good you got to understand not a whole lot of division 1 wrestlers also have brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts and have done very well in brazilian jiu-jitsu but aj agism is one of those guys if his striking can get anywhere near his grappling he is going to have one hell of a time in bellator yeah i feel that if
2: yeah he like the, his only problem will be striking and if he if he find the way to make his Striking like grow like you have
1: you have all the the talent and all the potential to become a champion If you can get his striking to even like a quarter of what the rest of it already is Then I mean, we're gonna very very easily see somebody Dominating that division one day.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's very dangerous
1: Now Daniel Whiteshell has defeated Saul Rogers by unanimous decision. Uh very good back and forth fight between the two. The Brit with a lot of grit. Sal Rogers just was not enough that night for Daniel Whiteshell. The German has continued his destiny to become hopefully the very first German to ever hold Featherweight Gold.
2: Oh, yeah. But I don't know. I feel that uh, we had a lot of featherweight division in this card, right?
1: Well, yeah, you got the featherweight Grand Prix, so you had the four right there. Plus, you had a uh, one, two, three, four in the undercard.
2: Yeah, so it was all about the featherweight division in this Definitely. card.
1: Definitely. Darian Caldwell defeated Henry Corrales by unanimous decision. He really showed that his wrestling is just that dominant. And uh, like Walid and I always point out on this show, great dominant wrestling will take you very, very far.
2: Oh, yeah, like wrestling is the key to success in the MMA world.
1: 100%. Now, uh, one guy who didn't need to use his wrestling at all, AJ McKee, took out Georgie Caracuyan with eight seconds into the first round. It was a hell of a move, and I can't believe AJ McKee was able to do what he did to Georgie. I thought it was going to be one hell of a gritty fight. AJ made it look real easy.
2: Yeah, that's that's why the man is undefeated, and that's why the man is one of the most dangerous fighter in this division, maybe in the in the world, not just in Bellator.
1: Definitely, he is now 15 and 0, and he's got a date lined up with Mr. A- oh, no, no, sorry, Derek Campos in December in Hawaii. Patricio Pitbull defeated Juan Archuleta by unanimous decision over five rounds. I have to agree with the judges who saw it 50-45. Patricio Pitbull went in there and put on a clinic, and he really dominated the 135-pound powerhouse Archuleta for all the five rounds.
2: Yeah, it was a one-sided performance, and I feel that Pitbull, like, uh, that's why he's the champion. I feel that he's... uh was way better than uh, Juan, and I think that maybe AJ is the only one who can defeat him, maybe, in this division.
1: Well, I I mean, Pedro Caballo is also up there. AJ, uh, Emmanuel Sanchez had a very good showing against him. I would love to see them run it back one more time. Super excited about that. The Bellator featherweight Grand Prix has advanced. We know what the next round looks like. Like I said, AJ has a date. Darian Caldwell has a date with uh, Adam Borges in uh, January. Patricio Pitbull has a date with Pedro Cavallo in, uh, what is it, February? There's no um, place for that yet. And Daniel Weishel in January, sorry, in February, will be taking on Emmanuel Sanchez. So that'll round out the second round of the Featherweight Grand Prix. So we'll just keep going strong. I mean, the finals, what, by the end of the year?
2: Yeah, I game. think that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Now, to say Gregard Mousasi had a chip on his shoulder over this last fight for the past couple of years is an understatement. He wanted to get this one back something fierce, and he was able to do that Saturday night against Luda Machida over three rounds, winning the split decision victory. Gegard looked very good, and he was very uh, energetic and happy at the press conference, much different than I've ever seen Gegard before. Definitely uh, a more lighter side. It was very nice to see.
2: Yeah, he won that title back, I think, right?
1: No, he will. He wants a title shot next. Hopefully he'll get that. We'll see, though.
2: Yeah, I think that he maybe deserved it. Lioro, like his last fight was against Chelsea, right? When he won by TKO.
1: Yes, Before it his- was in like, heavyweight.
2: Yeah. So yeah, did you agree with the with the judges? Or, or yeah, one hundred percent.
1: I think Musasi definitely won. Yeah,
2: because <laughs> it was a split decision. You know, with split decisions, oh, I, I, I,
1: like, I might have given it a little more to uh, Musasi than the judges did.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Musasi is a great fighter, and I feel that he deserves another title shot because he lost the fight of the title by decision. It was a close fight. And he thinks he was on steroids. That...
1: If you listen to the press conference, he was hilarious. He talked about how Lovato felt like and looked like a horse, how his nipples were so big he could milk a baby. <laughs> he also balked about doing crack cocaine to celebrate his win, but we won't talk about that.
2: Yeah. You know, Masashi, when it comes to conspiracy theories, like he's really big, you know, but... Uh... Yeah,
1: he said, "You guys are the reporters. You should be reporting this." Why am I telling you? Yeah, He's <laughs> always it's always like uh,
2: blaming stuff on people. But what a great fighter! Like, how That's many shit. fighters have that much fights? Like,
1: and I just love how he constantly he'll constantly like flirt with the R word. But yeah, he, like he's one of those guys where he, he doesn't really need to. Yeah, like, eh, I might, I might retire.
2: Yeah, he yeah, have forty six win. Yeah, it's incredible. Think about
1: that. Think about 46 wins. That's more than people have fights. Yeah,
2: it's crazy. What a career.
1: Right? Amazing. Uh, That about wraps it up for the Bellator 228 recap. Super excited for the Bellator crew to invite us down there. Looking forward to being back down there in January for some more. Can't wait. Uh, We will be back, though, after a quick station identification.
0: What's up, guys? you Burns right here, and you're listening to the MMA Records Radio.
1: All right, guys. Joining me at this time is the Bermudez Triangle himself, Manny Bermudez. Manny, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing very good. So you have a fight here in about two weeks in Boston, Charles Rosa. How excited are you to be fighting in Massachusetts, man?
0: No, I'm super excited, man. It's nothing like uh like being able to fight back at home for all my friends, for my family, um, you know, something that I've always, you know, wanted to do and dreamed about doing.
1: Yeah, in the TD Gardens, I mean, can't get any better than that. No, for sure. Now, uh, what about this Charles Rosa matchup and it excites you?
0: No, I mean, Ch- Charles is a tough dude. Um, you know, I, th- I think he's the kind of guy that, that doesn't just give up an easy fight. Uh, I think we have, you know, potential for a fight of the night, just all over us. I think that, um, you know, a finish either way is going to be, uh, impressive. You know, I, I'm, uh, 14 and one, he's 11 and three coming off a two year layoff, but, um, you know, he's still like very well known, super tough, durable athletic. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to a crazy fight.
1: You brought up that one being 14 and one, you lost your first professional fight against Casey Kinney a couple of months back Tell me, uh, what did you learn from that whole process?
0: No, I mean, um, you know, Casey was tough. Mm -hmm. We, we, we knew it was going to be tough though from the beginning. Um, and and, you know, it's part of the game. You you go, you win, you lose, you, you adapt and then you just, you know, become a better fighter. Um, you know, I think, I think Casey was like 14 and one or something like that. 13 and one. So I, I, I knew going into that, he was no joke, but, uh. You know, at the same time, it's cool because I, I I went in there. Uh, I didn't feel all that great, but you know, I still went all three rounds. Which you know, people always questioning like, can Manny go? Can Manny go three rounds? Manny's a first round finish kind of guy. Like, can can he make it? And I think t- you know, towards the end of that fight, I you know picked up like I think I was the one picking up the pace towards the end too. So, um, you know, that that, that also like inspires confidence too for 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 this next fight next fights. You know,
1: it sounds like I keep them in the back pocket. Hello? Well, I can't, I can't can you, hear you. <laughs> can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Yeah, oh, man, I, I don't know what happened. Now, the uh, California Athletic Commission uh, gave you a, I don't even know how to put it. They asked you or they told you that, that you had to make it a catch weight. I don't want to say, did they uh, yeah. force you guys to do it, the catchweight, you and Casey?
0: Yeah, it just wasn't looking like it was going to happen, so, okay. you know, it was just a, a safer route.
1: But now we're at featherweight. How do you feel preparing for a fight at 145
0: now? I mean, it's a, it's a load off my mind, man, <laughs> like doing, doing 10 pounds less and uh, being able to just, you know, focus more on training, more on fighting. Uh you know, I, mentally I already feel so much better than I did before, you know, because all, all I got to worry about now is, isn't necessarily just like, because, you know, before it was like, like it, it's been like two months before a fight, just worrying about the scale, scale, worrying about the scale, worrying about the scale. And then it's like, after you make the weight, it's like, oh, damn, now I got to fight this guy too. So right now my focus is just, you know,
1: just the fight. Um, you know, 45 is a much more doable weight for me. Uh, how is that, like, just a ease of mind of not having to worry about it? How is that, having that training camp to be able to just worry about a fight? Oh, man, it's it's nice. It's a nice change. <laughs> now, you uh, were very vocal about getting on this Boston card, like you said, you know, nothing like fighting next to your hometown. You got a lot of friends and family coming in?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Everybody's asking me for tickets. Everybody's trying to make me, like, uh Hey, hook them up with tickets. I'm like, they give me four tickets. My family's coming. So, <laughs> you remember you know? that one
1: time in third grade? I helped you cheat off me. I'm gonna need some tickets. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You remember when I give you a stick of gum? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, I don't
1: know. <laughs> People are coming out the woodworks, be like, I'm your uncle. I'm like, listen, I met all my yeah. uncles as soon as I got to the UFC, bro. You're not, <laughs> one. I'm, <a> <laughs> I'm your dad. I'm your dad how is everything with you man how do you kind of keep your mind off of the fight what do you do on your spare time
0: no i mean i don't like i don't mind thinking about the fight honestly it's uh it's my job if i minded thinking about it i'd be in the wrong sport but
1: true true uh,
0: no i do i do like you know like going like it's kind of one of the issues with me staying here like um I like going to new places and then just being able to go explore and look around and, and see what new places I have yeah, to offer. just go cruise the streets. Yeah, yeah for sure. and, and then, like, now it's like, oh, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen, I know Boss in, like, the back of my hand, so, uh, yeah, I'm just doing, like, all the normal stuff. Like, all, all the stuff I always do, which is just, like, sit around, hang, hang out with my friends, train. That's it, that's it. I live a boring life. Now how far
1: <laughs> do you live from the T D Gardens?
0: Like twenty five minutes with 20, 25 minutes with no traffic.
1: Are you gonna stay in the Fighter Hotel or are you just gonna stay at home?
0: Yeah, I think I'll stay at the Fighter Hotel and then like if I if I need anything or forget something I can just drive back and <laughs> you know, it's almost that's like
1: a uh... blessing in disguise.
0: <laughs> yeah almost like being able to uh, It's almost like I'm like I've gone away and fight camp except I know the area very well and in case I need it I just (laughs) I just come back home or ask somebody to come bring me whatever it is. I need
1: Now what's your game plan going into Saturday night against Charles? Um, I think it's a Friday,
0: but my game plan is just to finish him on the first I think I fight best when when, when I come in strong and uh, you know I, I think that's what I'm gonna shoot for uh, th- that Friday night.
1: <laughs> yeah, you are correct. It is definitely Friday night. That was my fault. know. <laughs> <it's not> <laughs> now, like... they just added that Yair Rodriguez and uh, Jeremy Stevens to that card. How excited are you about that one? Because I was super excited to see that one in Mexico City. Didn't get to happen. Yeah, yeah. They're fighting in a <laughs> yeah. weight class for you now.
0: Gonna, you have to come out like this. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Jeremy, you mm-hmm. you no, know, it's a cool glasses. fight, right? Yeah, no, so I usually, like, sometimes when, um, you know, when I'm, like, doing something on a Saturday night or whatever, like, and I or I can't catch the fights, I'll, I'll just, like, w- I'll look for the updates on, online. And um, I was looking for the updates for that fight, and then I saw uh, the fight was over in, like, like 15 seconds due to, due to an eye poke. And, and so then I started, like, looking for, because uh, I was excited for the fight, too. So I started looking for video for it and then I saw it, it was literally just one eye poke and then done. <laughs> and that, that that's all she wrote. Yeah, so now hopefully we get the full fight.
1: That that's the plan this time. Yeah. What is it what are the necessary steps you're gonna have to take to make sure you come out with a W on Friday? I think just fighting uh fighting the way that I like to fight. Um, you know, dictating the pace,
0: I think all the usual stuff that you hear from fighters, but uh, you know, being com-, com comfortable and confident. I mix them. <laughs> I try and say I'm both in one word,
1: <laughs>
0: whatever that word is. That, that's what I want to be.
1: Now, I don't want to take too many much uh, more of your time. I know you're busy. Uh, I do want to give you an opportunity give a quick shout out to your sponsors, training partners, loved ones, anyone that's really helped you along your MMA journey.
0: Yeah, no, I, I always um, I always have a great team behind me in social Sport Fighting. Rugged Darks Fitness, Cage Titans. And, you know, for the, for this camp, it's going to be real cool because I get all of my, you know, friends and family that are going to show up to the TD Garden. Um, you know, they're going to be cheering me on. And, you know, as soon as that fight's over, I'll be there with with all you guys just hanging out. And, uh, you know, just it's, I'm just really looking forward to that. I'm really happy to be fighting here.
1: Did they tell you where on the card you're going to be? I believe I'm
0: fight number seven.
1: Okay. So you should be, like, the fight before the main event of the prelims (laughs) two three four five or let me just add Stevenson no Uh, actually I think you are the main event of the prelims
0: yeah I think that's what I heard too but it better be if not we'll
1: call somebody
0: (laughs) yeah shake my fist at somebody (laughs) no
1: for sure but hey listen (laughs) alright brother well uh, best of luck to you where can the fans find you on social media
0: on Instagram, I'm uh, Manny Bermudez, and on Twitter, I am underscore Manny Bermudez. And I'm always uh, posting stuff, so be f- feel free to check me out. Get at him, guys.
1: Rosa is the opponent. UFC on ESPN2. TD Gardens, what is it, two Fridays from now. Super excited to watch you perform, man, and good luck to you on that Friday night. Thank you very much, dude. Good talking to you. It was good talking to you, too, brother. This is Landon the of Wolf you're listening to MMA Records Radio. And welcome back, you wild animals. This is the portion of the show where we break down UFC 243, Robert Whitaker versus Israel Adesanya. Super excited about this fight. Like I said earlier, it's one of those that I had circled for a very long time. It is going to be at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne, Australia. This is the biggest fight in Oceanic history. Super excited to be a part of these. To start off the night, Khalid Taha is taking on Bruno Silva. Can't wait to see those two going at it. You know when you have an Australian card that these dudes bring it, and they always bring it. Uh, Khalid Taha. This is his what second fight in the UFC. He beat Boston Salmon in his last time out at UFC 235. So super excited to see him. He's one in one, but obviously he went out there last time and had a very nice first round TKO victory. It only took him 25 seconds to get. Now Bruno Silva is making his UFC debut can't wait to see him he fights with the pitbull brothers and fight ready so super excited we know those guys down in arizona definitely bring it now wally wall how excited are you about this next one man we got nadia cassian miss 187 herself taking on g young kim nadia is hoping for a striking matchup but is ready to take this fight wherever it goes
2: you know, do you think that she like how she will handle pressure, being like fighting uh, in front of her? I
1: don't well, know, this she's only ever fought in front of her own people. Yeah, she's never fought outside of Melbourne, Australia but, area.
2: But, but so in the really the, big show the, only, like the
1: only difference is, and she talked about this, is the forty-five thousand people. Yeah. So we'll see how many people are there by... Because uh, I believe it's, she said it's about 10.30, 10, 10.45 10, when she's expecting to fight. So she'll see how many people are there by that time. Yeah.
2: But it's a big show, you know. She knows that a, big, a win for her will be huge for her career. And I think that's, that's, that's what she will do. I think that she will win
1: this fight and move on, you know, to bigger things. No, most definitely. She was, said she would love to fight in the States or just travel outside of australia for her next fight she's open to anything going, and ready to scrap with whoever yeah brad riddle is taking on jamie muraki Moraki Moraki. that is in the 155 pound division super excited about that fight those two are rather part of the unknown James Moraki is only 8 and 2. He's only he's never fought, sorry, in the UFC. He's on a two fight losing streak. But one of those guys is Alexander Volkanovski. He hasn't fought since 2016. We'll see what he's bringing to the table against Mr. Brad Riddle, who is only 5 and 1. He trains at a Tiger Muay Thai. This is his very first UFC fight as well. And don't knock it because you guys have never heard of these guys. That doesn't mean shit. These guys could both come out and be killers. We didn't hear about this kid named Israel Adesanya. What was it two years ago when we went to uh, Australia? And now look at him; he's main eventing the show.
2: Yeah, you know, you may never know like uh, when where the next star is. Like what's the big where the the big
1: one hundred percent. If you would have told me the day that Conor McGregor walked in, that he was going to be as big as he was, and Khabib, the day that he walked in, that he was going to be
2: as big as he was, I'd have called you guys crazy. Yeah. You may never know.
1: No, for sure. Now, one person who was expected to be a big star, nine and four, Megan Anderson. Don't let those four losses really shun you away from her, though. She's only lost to very high-level elite fighters. She is fighting Zahar. For Han dos Santos. I believe I got that right. Six and two. Uh, I believe this is her UFC debut. Do not quote me. She is from France, so my man Walid should know a lot more about her than I do. Um <laughs> But yeah, like I said, this is her UFC debut. She is six and two. They another featherweight though. I'm just glad that we're actually filling out the featherweight division a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, she's a natural featherweight. She's only fought at featherweight. Megan, Megan Anderson is the same exact thing. Only ever fought at featherweight is featherweight.
2: Yeah, but I don't know. I think that Megan is uh, is really big in this division. I think that Megan can go places. I think that Megan will win this fight. I think uh, she is the, the A-side, I think.
1: uh, Coco Bombs is taking on Colin Porter. I cannot wait to see Maki Pitoli back in the UFC. He made a huge splash on the Contender Series. He's going up against Callen Porter, who's 0-1 in the UFC. He lost to Jalen Turner the last time they were in Australia. So... He hasn't uh, fared too well down under, even though that's his hometown. Yeah,
2: we will see. I think this is a good fight. This is a good welterweight fight, and we will see. the outcome. Listen,
1: Coco Bums, Ma- Mackie, I'm super excited about this kid. I cannot wait to see what he brings into the UFC. Very, very high level. Justin Toffa is taking on Jorgen DiCastro because of the shakeup with the Holly Holm fight moving. This fight ended up going to the main card. They're going to be starting off the main card with Bang. Both these guys are coming out in their very first UFC fight. So that definitely speaks to how much the UFC thinks about these two and what they expect from them in the future. Yeah, and
2: it's, uh, it's a heavyweight, divi- it's heavyweight division fight, right? Yes, sir. So, you know, they they know, they know that having this fight, you know, the the first fight of the main card, that there's a possibility of having a knockout and you know that's they want
1: to go big. No, definitely. Yes. Um I'd expect them to go big and knock each other out very, very fast. The next fight is Jake Matthews versus Ross Team Achman. Super excited about that one in the hundred and seventy pound division. Uh, Jake Matthews has looked very good. He's kind of grown up right before our eyes in the UFC. Uh, super excited to see what he brings to the table.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Jake, Jake is, a, is a great fighter. I always enjoy watching him fight. And, uh, yeah, we will see what, uh, what will happen in this fight.
1: Then Luke Jameyu is taking on Diego Lima in the 170-pound division. Now you got an opportunity to interview Diego Lima before – Tell me, uh, how was it to talk to him?
2: Oh, it was great. I think that Diego Lima is a good fighter. I think that he can establish himself as a you know as a name in this welterweight division. I think that uh, I think he's going for the kill, and I think that he will win this fight.
1: No, definitely. Uh, tie to Ivasa. Him and all his shoeies are coming to Australia yeah. to take on Sergey Spivak. Super excited to see Ty back in his hometown. You knew they were going to throw him on this card. Had to have him on here. He's one of the faces of the current Australian movement. Uh, sad that we don't get to see Tyson Pedro, but the fact that we get his brother-in-law Ty Tuivasa, next best thing. I expect Ty to have a big knockout victory.
2: Yeah, Pedro is the is will be missed in this card, but I think. Uh, Tuvaso uh, is going for the murder. I think that he would try to win by, you know, by huge knockout. And, uh, you know, it would be a fun fight. Uh, it's it's fun to see him fighting. It's fun to see his Instagram. It's fun to see him when he's in the crowd. Like, he's always fun to watch.
1: No, definitely. Al Quinta is taking on Dan Hooker in the 155-pound division. That is the co-main event of the night. The th- second best fight on the card if you ask me dan hooker is phenomenal he is fireworks every single time last time up against james vick he had a huge ko knockout ally and quinta the same thing he is a underdog like you've never seen before and he will bite down on that mouthpiece and take the dog fight to you super excited to see these two you know it most likely will not see the judges scorecards.
2: Oh, maybe. I think it will go to the judges. I think it will go to the to decision. Well, well he just fucked up the whole
1: Thanks a lot, Willie. <laughs> it could will be a three round war. But no, it, very easily, it could be. I mean, these two are, are hard to put out, but I, I feel like they go in there to do or die attitudes. Yeah. And uh, do you have a winner? Do you think? Uh, who do you think going to win? Personally, I think that Dan Hooker is going to get the victory in this one. I'm super excited about the evolution that we've seen him continue just to grow. He beat Gilbert Burns. Uh, like I just said, obviously, he beat James Vick. The only one real big loss that we saw was Barbosa. Outside of that, he's looked phenomenal.
2: Yeah, uh, I kind of agree with you when it comes, you know, to how much he's grown as a fighter. But I think that uh, Raging Gall is going to win this one by decision.
1: We never know. We will see. The main event, though, is Robert Whitaker versus Israel Adesanya. That is one for the ages. Very, very special fight. The interim champion Israel Adesanya is taking on the Australian-born Robert Whitaker. Yeah, the champion respects the
2: name. Listen, Robert Whitaker is maybe one of the best fighter right now in the UFC. I feel that his win against uh, Yoel Romero and against Jacare Souza, like, made him the 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 champion that he is, a fighting champion. Like he didn't fight like for so long because of injuries, because of after the wars he had against Yoel Romero. But he looked sharp. I saw him, you know, training. I saw some videos, some recent videos of him.
1: He looked good. He looked real good. No, definitely for sure. Uh, after the hernia, you know that he had to go to the hospital for a hernia. He's been recovering like crazy. He's known about this matchup for Israel Adesanya for a while, so they've been eyeballing each other. It's finally coming Saturday night, Sunday morning, October fifth. Can't wait. Official prediction: You have Robert Whitaker. What round, or is it going to be a decision?
2: I think it will, we will have a finish. I think that Robert will win in the maybe I would say in the third round by TKO.
1: I'm going to say Israel Adesanya by second round TKO.
2: We'll see, we'll see.
1: I'm super excited about this one, man. Uh but yeah. Anything else you got for uh, UFC 2 or 243? Not really, but I
2: have a fight that I'm really excited about. Gregor Galepsi against Ke- against uh Kim Kevin Lee. Lee.
1: Yes, I'm super excited about that, brother. We'll get into that. A little later on down the show, but for USC 243, that is about it, guys. Like always, we'll have a quick station identification, and we'll be right back. This is Muhammad Amodur Usman, and you're listening to MMA Records Radio. All right, guys. Joining me at this time is your boy, Eric Anders, going back down to middleweight next week. How you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling great, man.
4: This is probably the best I've felt at this point. Uh, before a fight uh, than my previous business to 85.
1: Now, Gerald Mersharp, uh, how do you feel about that opponent at middleweight?
4: Uh, man, he's a super dangerous opponent. You know, he's the guy, no matter how the fight's going for him, uh, whether he's winning or losing, he's capable of snatching that neck and, and getting submissions and finishes uh, late in the fight. So just something I have to be weary about.
1: Do you plan on keeping this fight standing or would you like to keep it to the ground? Show everybody uh,
4: man. I will take the fight wherever it goes. You know, uh, I like the matchup better for me on the gr- on the on the feet. So, uh, and my takedown, de- excuse, my takedown defense, I feel like is good. So, uh, I think that he's gonna have a hard time getting to the mat. But if he does, uh, I'm very confident in my game off my back or even on top to uh, either get back to my feet or or beat him up from the from the ground.
1: Was that kind of the emphasis of this training camp? Pretty much keeping it on the feet. Uh, I mean not
4: really cuz like I said I trained everything all the time so uh no matter where the fight goes I'm I'm comfortable in any space in there.
1: Now we talked a little bit about the different gyms you hopped around at. Where's your home base at now?
4: I'm in uh, Birmingham,
1: Alabama.
4: Okay. Yeah. And
1: what gym are you fighting out of? Do you have like a fit? Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. A lot of yeah. But you spent some time at Fortis. How was uh Dallas?
4: man it, it was great man you know uh, I, I was there at a perfect time there were a lot of guys getting ready for fights um you know ryan Spann, he's also fighting the same night i'm fighting uh in tampa uh lonzo Manafield was in there jeff neal uriah hall was getting ready for Shoeface. uh you know i didn't work with peterson or or miles johns uh because obviously those guys are way smaller than me yeah. but they were getting ready for fights and uh Vancouver and Mexico City, you know, all three of those guys won. Um, uh, yeah, Stephen managed.
1: looked <laughs> real nice with that spinning back fist. Yeah, it was just a
4: room full of killers, and uh, I like the way that Coach Safe runs his practices. So you know, it was uh, it was a great room to be in there.
1: It definitely. That Muhammad Usman out there, another up and coming heavyweight. That dude's scary. Yeah, on
4: uh, Ken- Kennedy. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Yeah, answer, I'm not
1: gonna make you say it. I know exactly who you're <laughs> talking about though.
4: <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of killers out there, man. Uh
1: how's everything for you at home? What's man, everything's going good,
4: man. You know, the uh the boys are busy with soccer and football and uh you know, uh the wife is doing her thing and uh man, we're just enjoying watching them uh do their thing.
1: What have you been doing to kinda like fizzle out, kinda have your downtime? What's your go to?
4: Uh, man I'll just be chilling man you know I'll be there at the house or the gym uh, especially at this point during the fight you know I really like the movie theater I really like watching movies uh, but can't go to the movie theater without the soda and the popcorn so <laughs> yeah boy and stay out of the movie theater for for a few more days and then uh you know go there and one day uh next week uh, after the fight and you know catch like two or three movies.
1: Is there anything in particular you want to see?
4: Uh, I really want to see that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: Oh, uh, yes, me too. You
4: know, I kind of watched it on bootleg, but you know, it was a bootleg copy, so I was missing some things. And uh, for the reviews, and everybody I talked to who saw the movie said it was really good. Uh, it wasn't that impressive on bootleg. So uh, there's a dollar movie theater across the street from my house, So when I get back from the fight, I'll... Uh, Go check it out.
1: Hit them up. Go to Walmart first. Build up on your snacks. Oh, you already know. <laughs> uh, so, Boston. Did you choose Boston, or is this kind of something they just kind of thrown out to you?
4: Uh, I'm fighting in Tampa, Boston. Oh, Tampa. Little Sorry, little I don't out. know. I'm
1: literally looking at the screen. It says Tampa. Sorry about that.
4: Um, Madden's getting where I fit in, man. Wherever they say the fight is at, I'll be there, and, uh, you know, that's what it is.
1: Now, middleweight, was that a decision that you made, or again, it's just something to get in where you fit in?
4: Yeah, uh, a little bit of both. You know, I think that uh, for my career, middleweight is better, but for my entertainment and the fans' entertainment, you know, I'll I'll fight at 205. So, you know, uh, this is just a fight that was offered to me, so, uh, you know, we took it.
1: No, definitely. And um, going forward, what would you like next? Would you like to try to make a claim in this middleweight division if this fight goes good?
4: Yeah, you know, uh, I'd like to fight again at least once uh, this year, Um, and middleweight would be perfect, especially if it's before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Because
1: yeah, for sure,
4: I I, I like to eat and snack and all that other good stuff.
1: I I look forward to Thanksgiving every year round. Just as soon as December hits, I'm like, is it Thanksgiving yet? Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, what's new? Anything?
4: Man, not really, man. It's just kind of. You know, whenever I have a fight coming up, man, I kind of shut everything down. So makes sense. You know, we really don't do much, but uh, you know, watch sports, uh, watch fights. We're, uh, the Birmingham has a uh, a major league soccer team now, so we're going to check them out tomorrow. So uh, it'll be a fun little weekend before I gotta get out of here.
1: And when do you when are you leaving?
4: I leave Sunday.
1: Oh, okay, perfect, Sunday excellent. Uh, last time we went out there, got a nice win against Vinicius Moreno, uh, looking to duplicate this performance again in Tampa. How do you do that?
4: I just go out there and be me. You know, I impose my will uh, and hit them till so they don't want to take it no more or they, or they don't get up. So, you know, um, I'm a finisher. I think, you know, uh, the vast majority of my fights have been finishes, knockouts, or TKO's. Uh so you know, I plan on going out there, you know, being the juggernaut and uh going out there and trying to take somebody's head off.
1: And is there a couple names that you have in mind for next or are you just kinda of really focus on Gerald?
4: Man, the other person I'm looking at is Gerald. You know, that that just like in the last two weeks you see the landscape change so much between who's got fights, yeah. who's not fighting, who's injured and whatnot. They're taking guys who already have fights and and moving them around and and switching the opponents and whatnot, uh, and, that, and that's just the middleweight division. So, you know, I'm not really too sure what the landscape's going to look like here by the end of next week. So, you know, um, but I'll be ready to fight again uh, pretty quick.
1: Now, uh, middleweight. It'd be kind of crazy for me not to ask you about the big middleweight title fight happening this weekend. Who do you have? Israel Adesanya or Robert Whitaker? I don't know,
4: man. You know, I think Kelvin Gastelum kind of showed some chinks in Israel Adesanya's armor. But from one fight to the next, I don't think we see anybody evolve as fast as Israel Adesanya. So uh, has he fixed those holes? You know, we'll see. You know, Robert Whitaker, you know, uh, he's down to, to make it dirty and get in there and make it grimy. So. I think that's what he's going to have to do to beat Israel Son.
1: And then for your fight with Gerald, do you have a prediction?
4: Um, man, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna get him out of there in that first round, man. Just like I'm accustomed to doing. Uh, I don't get paid by the hour, so you know I want to get in there, uh, put paws on him, and uh, you know take it to the bar.
1: There you guys have it. You don't get paid by the hour. You heard the man. Well, brother, I don't want to hold you much longer. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity before I let you go to give a quick shout out to your sponsors, teammates, loved ones, anyone that's really helped you along your MMA journey.
4: Man, EW Emotion Therapy kept keeping me injury free with the you know the soft tissue work, movement, flexibility, uh, and range of motion stuff. Infinite CBD, uh, you know, CBD, you know, really helps you recover and and take it to the next level. And uh, Rev Gear, you know. Super reputable company. Awesome gear. And uh, glad to be working with them.
1: And then where can the fans find you on social media? Man, you guys can find me Facebook,
4: Twitter, Instagram, at Eric Anders, E-R-Y-K-A-N-D-E-R-S.
1: There you guys have it. You're going to have to catch him next week on UFC, on ESPN Plus 19. That is in Tampa. His opponent is Gerald Mership. That is at the middleweight division. Eric Thank you again for coming on. We can't wait to watch you perform next week. Man, my pleasure, brother. Thank you for having me. Of course, brother. We'll have you on again after this. Mm -hmm. All right, man. Have a good one.
3: My name is Jillian Robertson, and you're listening
4: to
5: MMA Wreckage Radio.
1: All right, guys, thank you for joining us uh, for episode 43 of MMA Wreckage Radio. We have Nadia Cassium, Jared Gooden, Eric Anders, and Manny Bermudez. Thank all four of you guys for taking time out of your day. Thank you, Walid, for helping me out with this. Special thanks to Bellator for everything they've done. Special thanks to everybody else for continuing the support that you guys show. There might be a little switch up in the show here soon, so uh, we'll keep you all posted and uh, just stay tuned because no matter what the name is, it's always going to be the same. Peace.